What is going on everybody? Alex with Hidden Falls Media Experience here. We are back with another fun-packed episode. This is going to be perfect for you guys that are struggling to launch podcast or you're trying to get into public speaking and you're looking at kind of the best way to grow or developing and building a brand. This is the episode with you. I'm joined with Sean Douglas. Sean, welcome, welcome aboard. Happy to have thank, you. Thank you, Alex, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Sean, real fast before we hop in, where can everybody find out about your stuff? What's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, so the normal website would be uh, the Success Core, C O R P S, the SuccessCore.com. You can find me at uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Blog Talk Radio. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash life transformation radio. That's my radio show that I host on that website. It's a live online radio show that's repurposed into a podcast. Love and it. then if you want to check out my clothing line, go to lybclothinginc.com. Cool. Perfect. Guys, go check them out. You'll absolutely love Sean's content. This man has a fascinating story. Um, I first found out about Sean a few weeks ago, um, and ever since then, I've kind of been all the way in on the brand. It really sucked me in and pulled me in, and it's a good example of the power of story and leveraging story inside your brand. So I want, I want to go back for a minute because I have a bunch of questions that I want to run through, sure. but take us back to Christmas of 2008. Tell us, oh, tell us how we go from Christmas 2008 to 2020. Man, you got to hit him deep already in the right in the beginning. Uh, so Christmas Eve, two thousand eight. I'm in the military, Air Force. I'm at Hill Air Force Base, stationed at Hill Air Force Base. My house had burned down a year ago. Got married shortly after that. Christmas Eve, two thousand eight. I'm now getting a divorce. She took the kids. Had they stepped stepchild and a, and a, and a baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she took the two kids and I'm left to my own devices. I'd struggled with abusing alcohol. I never really considered myself an alcoholic. Like I knew when I shouldn't drink, I shouldn't drink on duty. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, some alcoholics just drink all the time just because I didn't do that. I was more of a binge drinker. Mm. So like an abuser of alcohol and it, Christmas Eve of 2008, I was left to my own devices. I, I, I had actually shown up to work drunk on duty, which was a really bad thing. I'd never done that before, but you know, I was like, oh, party time in Vegas and we're TDY there. And that's what we do, man. You drink in Vegas and maybe you don't go home at bar closing time because bars don't really close there. So here I am about to get kicked out of the military. I'm pretty sure wife left. We're getting a divorce. And uh, so I had a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand. I had a nine millimeter in the other. And I had just decided to end my life. So I put a gun in my mouth and I tried to kill myself. Wow. What was, so, wow. I mean, thank you for sharing that. But how do we get from 2008 to here? What is that transformational story beneath mm -hmm. that? What really pulled you out? Was it? A friend, was it you coming up with uh, your own self-resilience to kind of pull yourself through? What does that look like? So I believe that nothing happens by chance. Everything happens for a reason. Everything. Mm. 
you you break your leg and they have to amputate it, it's for a reason. Not because of a medical reason, it's for a life reason, for a universe reason. So as I'm getting ready to take my own life, a phone call that I never thought I would get came from my dad. And he just asked me like how you, how I was doing and how are you? And I was like, I've just, I like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know? And he goes, you know what? I've been there. I've been there. I've been right where you were. Mm. You know, your mom left, took the kids. Like I've, I've been there, you know? So my mom and dad divorced when I was in like kindergarten, first grade, because my dad joined the air force. So my mom fell in love with somebody else, divorced my dad, got married to this other guy who was a alcohol abuser, drug abuser, womanizer, woman abuser. He abused me and my older sister physically, mentally, emotionally. Like that's what I grew up in was a life of abuse. And so he's like, man, he's like, I know where you're at. I know exactly where you are. So we talked for a little bit and then, uh, and then some people stopped by my coworker stopped by cause I didn't checked in. I was supposed to check in. Um, didn't check in. And they were like, dude, where are you? Like, like, what are you doing right now? And so they found me, they, they, you know, they were calling people. They were like, man, what do we do? So my supervisor actually brought me to his house and they took away all my weapons, my knives, guns, everything I had. And I had to live with him for two weeks under suicide watch. I had to go to work with him. I had to come home with him. Like I was not left to, left alone. And so sometimes he's like, hey, man, I'm going to go get food. We got to, you know, I'm going to go pick up some, some Sonic or whatever. Yeah. Like, come with me. I'm like, huh? So I had to like stop what I'm doing and just, I could never leave the house by myself. If I left the house because I wanted to go see a friend, like I couldn't do that. I was literally on house arrest for two weeks. Or if I'm like, hey, man, I need to go to the store. He's like, let's go and I'll take you. Like he had to babysit me for two weeks. It was crazy. I've never, never had this happen before. So I had. They had scheduled appointments with a chaplain. I was so against God. I'm like, whatever, it's God's fault that my life sucks. You know, it's God's fault. And I blamed him. So then between the, the, the appointments with the chaplain, the appointments with therapists and psychologists to deal with childhood trauma that I, that I refused to deal with before. And I held grudges and I held pain and, you know, whatever. Between all of that and people actually showing me that I mattered, that's what really brought me out of the hole. Mm. What were some of those conversations that you feel like were really that transformative moment? Because I feel like it's never just, it's very rarely just us internalizing a change. It, typically what I've noticed in my life and from talking with a bunch of other people is it comes from small conversations that we have mm-hmm. with people. Do you remember what some of those small conversations were that really woke up that light bulb inside you that said, I'm here for a bigger purpose? Sure. I remember in third grade, we had gotten evicted from our house and we had to move into the basement of my grandparents' house. So in Michigan, you have finished basements. Mm -hmm. That's where we lived. I remember a phone conversation that my mom was having with my dad because my dad couldn't pick me up on a certain weekend. He couldn't pick up me and my two sisters for his visitation weekend, you know, every other weekend, two weeks out of the year, whatever, and couldn't pick us up. And, you know, my mom said that my dad and I, and we heard the conversation. She goes, no, that's ridiculous. How dare you ever say that? These are your kids first. So my dad got remarried and had more kids. Mm. He tells my mom that, well, I have another family to worry about. And that to me was devastating. It showed that he cared about those more than us kids. So me and my two sisters never really felt like a part of my dad's 
family. Now, my uncles and my grandparents, we totally felt like their kids because when we were with them and we were with our cousins, we were treated the same. We weren't like, well, those are my kids and those are my other kids. Like, like that never that never even crossed crossed their mind. So the conversations that we that I would have with other people was like, how can my dad just say that we'll have another family to worry about and then just completely disregard us? Those are conversations that we had. Another conversation that I had was like, I was I was raised Roman Catholic, like I was supposed to confess to God and I was supposed to believe in God, but but God is just destroying my life. And they would say, no, you're destroying your life. The decisions that you're making is destroying your life. I said, well, no, God is supposed to protect us from everything bad. Like that's the what I was raised is God protects us. He's our savior. Like how can he just allow all this bad stuff to happen to us? The naivete of someone saying that God will protect you from everything is completely just ludicrous. Like that naivete is just completely ludicrous, you know? So I actually got away from religion. And what I, what I tell people is I found God when I left religion, mm. like the step-by-step day-by-day, the rules and regulations that, that are so there cemented and rooted inside of Catholicism and other religions I, I believe destroys the relationship fabric between you and God. Now, that's not to say that the Bible or scripture is what you have to follow. All I'm saying is that the rules of Catholics or Lutherans or whoever, Jew, Judaism, whatever, I just felt like, man, I got to do all this stuff. Like, where does it say that? And then as I got older, I'm like reading in scripture, I'm like, where does it say that? Like, where does it say that? That's what I have to do. Like, I don't understand. Like, where does it say that? And I still, to this day, have not found it because it's not in there. Because some religions believe this certain thing. And so they have their own book, like the Book of Mormon. Mm. Right? So I had to have these different conversations with chaplains. And I would literally have a conversation with a chaplain. I'm like, explain to me where in the scripture does it say that I have to get into a pine box and talk to a man I've never ever heard of or seen or maybe he's our father um you know of the catholic church but yeah i had to confess the sins to him doesn't it say that i must confess my sins to god so why do i have to go through through a medium like an intermediary to a guy to a to a human why do i have to confess my sins to him and then all of a sudden because i say 12 hell marys and six our fathers Am I somehow absolved of my sins? Didn't Jesus die on a cross and then absolve our sins that way? So we are forever absolved of our sins. We just must repent and, you know, whatever. Like, like, isn't that how that works? And they were like, well, you know, we believe that. I'm like, well, this is, and it just kind of gutted me, you know? So these are the conversations I'm having with chaplains. And, and they would laugh because they're like, you're pretty well versed in like, in like religions and scriptures and like, I was like, well, because I had to find out why God was punishing me. <laughs> like these are the conversations that, that I was having. So between my father leaving us, being abused by my step, by ex-stepfather now, by being punished by God, like these are the conversations, you know, that, that are happening through all of these, these moments. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, that's intense, but yeah. uh, you know, I, 
Wow. I mean, that, that's really all I have for it. It's, so we've come through this massively transformative period of your life. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the other side of it now of taking all these, all these negative opportunities, every opportunity for somebody to say, I don't deserve the life that I'm willing to put the work in for because I've gone through all these things. And instead of using these turmoils as fuel to move themselves forward, oftentimes we find it's a very repressive environment. It often closes them in. We don't see people really bust out of it very often, even though it's typically the best fuel to make the best success out of people. Almost every single successful individual I know has Mm -hmm. come from some level of messed up background in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And they found how to use that fuel and pair it up with positivity and optimism to push themselves forward. Um, and we get to this point where you're at now, where you're, you've been a TEDx speaker, you've done massive public speaking events, you've got life transformation radio, you've got clothing brands, going through Spartan races. What, what was that fuel identification where you really said, this is going to be the fuel that drives me forward? And what does the last five years look like in that process? My whole life, I said... Nothing happens by chance. Everything happens for a reason. The bad breakups, the deployments, my friends who were killed in combat, these literally, it it serves a purpose for whatever reason, the universe or God or a higher power, whatever you believe in, this is happening. And it happens because of like for a reason. So let's take this back for the last 12 years of my life. Okay. The first part of my life abuse and everything last 12 years of my life was was simply going through that that moment my house had burned down the alcohol the you know me abusing alcohol the wife leaving everything to a point where where i was gonna give up and what i learned was free will Mm -hmm. the reason why these things happened was because of free will God cannot stop that person from being raped, from being aborted, from being killed. He cannot swing the wheel to the left to avoid that collision. He cannot do that because it's all free will. It's already been ordained. It's already happened. Now, your response to those happenings is what determines the next step. If it's a negative response, then your life goes negative. If it's a positive response, then your life inherently goes positive. In 2009, through all of everything that was happening through therapy and chaplains and everything, they said, man, you've got a powerful testimony. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you have a powerful testimony. You need to go tell that. I'm like what? So from 2004 to 2008, I created an entertainment company. It's my first business I ever built was an entertainment company. We, we created videos for weddings and we we gave the sound. We, we were the audio engineers for all of these big speaking conferences. And I'm like, man, look at that guy on there. God, he's so amazing. Like, I love his content. Oh, he's inspiring. I would love to be on stage one day. I believe that we built that AV company, that entertainment company to produce conferences, to produce weddings, to produce award ceremonies, to produce all this stuff is to learn that business and then become the business. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. Come 2009, somebody says, man, you get a powerful testimony. You need to tell that testimony. And then I become a drill instructor for Air Force basic training. From 2009 to 2013, I was a drill instructor. I learned how to speak. 
I learned how to teach classes. I learned how to coach and mentor because people come to me and goes, my girlfriend just wrote me a letter and she's breaking up with me and I don't know what to do. I'm like, dude, this like, man, listen, I've been there. My wife, my wife left me. We are actually divorcing a year ago. This happened two years ago, three years ago. This was happening to me. And this is what I had to do. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's a, and it seemed like every problem that somebody had, I had an answer to because it happened to me. And I realized that stories tell, stories illustrate. And so from 2014, after I left basic training to 2019, I became a resilience trainer. They asked me, they say, hey man, we're looking for people who are experienced instructors. We need them to instruct this resilience program. I'm like, I like resilience. Like, <laughs> Sure. Let me figure this out. And that is where it clicked. Mm. I heard somebody say, I don't remember, I don't know if it was uh, like a Tony Robbins thing or Brian Tracy, one of those big gurus, but I heard it said, say yes and figure it out. Mm. I said, okay. So in 2014, sure, I'll be an instructor. Like, let's do this. Then in 2015, they were like, hey man, we need a suicide awareness trainer. I'm like, dude, I, I'm like, I'm a suicide survivor. Like, yes, I will do that. That took me to partnering with the Air Force or the, um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So that started becoming out of darkness walks. We put on these out of darkness walks every September. September is Suicide Awareness Month. That became, oh my gosh, I love this speaking thing. I want to do this professionally. This is what I love to do. So 2009 to 2013, I learned how to train, speak, coach, mentor. 14 to 19, I learned how to give a platform. I created Life Transformation Radio. In 2017, my TEDx talk happened. All of everything from 2008 and previous had to happen so that 2009 to present could happen. Wow, I'm taking so many notes on this. One of the questions though that I know my audience is going to be asking is this is, this is a truly incredible story and I'm trying to pick up on all the things that are kind of flying past me because they're coming so fast and there's so many golden nuggets in each little chunk yeah. with learn with life happening truly for us and not to us. There's a lot of obligation to show up every day. And to me, it sounds like that was one of the key kind of light bulb moments is not just physically be there, but spiritually, emotionally, being involved, not just with ourselves, but being in the moment with other people when they're at that moment of, hey, my girlfriend or boyfriend just broke up with me or, hey, I just lost the house and my family's falling apart. Because you were able to connect and take that moment to really build that relationship, it sounds like it served you very well long term and granting you more opportunities, leading to the speaking, leading to these big, big life moments that not everybody has the opportunity to get to, but others work and claw and chew their way up in order to have these moments. So bring it into the present and moving forward. It sounds like speaking and really empowering individuals to find their voice is something that truly is of life calling for you at this point. For someone that's just starting out, that's learning to find their voice in a very oversaturated market or finding their voice in social media and learning how to actually be themselves and still break through, what would be some of those key nuggets that you would tell people like, hey, you really should start looking at this. We really need to get you looking or learning these few things. And then once we're there, then we need to start looking at getting people like speaking coaches and success coaches and profit coaches. 
what would be those first key fundamental steps before starting to go and seek those mentors out? Yeah, great question, man. Let your mess be your message and the test be your testimony. Mm. That's it. That's the key. You and I have gone through horribly bad things in life. Not to say that mine is better or yours is better or worse or mine is, we've all gone through horrible things. We've all had a relative pass away. We've all had friends that have wronged us. We've all had relationships that have ended abruptly. We've all had our hearts broken. We've all, there's nothing on this planet that somebody will go through that somebody says, wow, I've never heard of that. You mm -hmm. can even take like pandemics and, and sicknesses and cancers and everything. Like somebody has gotten sick. Somebody has died throughout eternity. That has happened. There's nothing that has happened to any of us that will not happen to somebody else. However, the key is your mess mm. is your message. How you dealt with it is your message. How you internalized it, how you overcame is the message. The testimony that you give is the test that was before you. Before you is a test. If you go over it, under it, to the left or to the right of it, it doesn't matter. The fact that you overcame it, the fact that you don't hinge your entire life prospectus on that one moment, that one moment does not define you. The fact that you can say that, that test is your testimony. That's where you begin. Now, I'm not saying that you have to like be helicoptered out from a huge skiing accident or you were dead for six minutes and you came back to life. I'm just saying, whatever you want to speak about, let the mess be your message and the test be your testimony. Do you think that we have to constantly face hard things daily yes. in order to move ourselves forward? 100%. I, I agree. And I think that the people- That's basic resilience. Exactly. Finding, it's even to the point where I catch myself putting small obstacles in my way just so that way I can gain that momentum yep. that resilience provides. Yep. And I love, I love cliche anecdotes. I love cliche acronyms. I, I love it all. One of my favorite ones are like, do we have to face hard things? I feel like I'm being held back. I'm like, does the arrow not get pulled back by the bow and release and it shoots forward? Like, isn't that how that works? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm like, that's how life works. That's literally how life, like you pull the bow back. And what's great about this is that on the bow, you can dial up. If any, any bow hunters out there, any archer, out, they know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have a compound bow, you have a draw, right? So it's maybe a 55 pound draw, 70 pound draw. And then you have a hold. So your, your draw, it takes 55 pounds of pressure to pull back. It takes 30 pounds of pressure to hold it. That's life. You can actually dial up the draw, man. You're like, I put little berries in front of me. Like, dial it up, baby. Yeah. Dial it up. So you can have a 70-pound draw. You can have an 80-pound draw, whatever it is. But it takes that much pressure to pull that thing back. Okay, that's life pulling you back. And then it's holding. And then when it lets go, 
man, that arrow flies. Doesn't matter if it goes up, down, left, or right, or hits the target, man, you are going. So every drawback that I get, I'm like, oh, something amazing. Like, I get fired up. I, I Here it comes. <laughs> like, like every no that I get, a no means next opportunity. Mm. It doesn't mean next opportunity to go and haggle with that person. No, see ya. Like I, I spend zero time. If I'm on a conference call, I just had a call right before this and they wanted to launch a podcast. And I said, okay, here's what, and they, if they said, no, no, nah, I don't want to launch with you guys. No, no, we'll do it ourselves. I'm like, okay, have fun. See you later. Goodbye. I hand the phone. I spend zero, zero time on people who will, who will say no. If I'm in a meeting and in the first 10 minutes, I, this happened to me two years ago, I was in a meeting and somebody was like, Hey, we want to meet this guy. Uh, you know, our founder CEO or a marketer, whoever it was that was like the decision maker. Cause the first question I asked, who's the decision maker. I don't want to talk to anybody else in the room. There's six people in the room. I'm like, so who's the decision maker? And they're like, uh, yeah, it's him. Like, awesome. I focused directly on him. I was like, well, here's what I could do. Here's a video of me speaking. And I was going through this thing and he was just like, well, um, and then other people were asking, they were like, well, what about this? I'm like, yeah, this is what I would do. You know, this is this, this is this. I'm just answering questions. They're like, I love that. But this guy who's a decision maker is like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, you know what? It doesn't sound like you want to hire me anyways. These four people over here love it. The lady that brought me in loves me, wanted you to meet me. You don't seem sold on me. So I'm just going to end this meeting. I'm not in the business of making up your mind. If you want to hire me, here's my business card. Otherwise, I wish you the best. And, right and, that's, and that was it. That's it. And, and I got a phone call five minutes. I literally walked out. I walked out, right? I get to my car. Five minutes later, I get a call. Hey, they want to schedule another meeting. I'm like, look, either it's going to be a yes or I'm not taking another meeting. I'm sorry. Like, I just spent 20 minutes in there trying to convince a guy. I'm like, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? I, and I saw where it was going. He's like, well, he's, you know, he's really not sure. And they've really never booked a speaker before. I'm like, that's fine. So he seemed like he wanted to do it in the beginning anyways. Like he just wanted to, it wanted to be his own show. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of how he is. I'm like, well, then let him do that. Look, if you want to hire me, you have my business card. I don't want to take another meeting. And I didn't get hired for that. And I was completely fine because I got hired like three more times after that for other companies. Like, right. got, like that one, right. That one sale didn't make or break my business. <laughs> like it wasn't like, man, that, that, whew, that money's really going to keep my lights on. Like that, that, it's not right. the case. Yeah. Right? But I was perfectly fine from walking away from that. You know, and, and I haven't heard from them since and my business has thrived. So that one decision did not hinder my business at all. My life, I don't, I don't think about it. it. It's just funny that it got brought up now and I kind of laughed at it. I'm like, did I walked out of a meeting? Like, Oh my God. <laughs> so bad. So one more point and then we'll wrap up. Um, I have one more question and I'm being a little sure. busy with it. What do you think the biggest keys to launching a successful podcast are? Solving a problem. The same thing as speaking. Once mm. you create that mess and that message and the testimony, that, right? Like what I said earlier, right? The mess is your message. That is what you will, that is the theme of the talk. So as a suicide awareness trainer, my mess is what got me to the suicide point. Somebody who lost everything, they cycled. So, so by cycling, I mean, they created a business, made a million dollars and lost it. 
and then they just made it again. That would be cycling. Mm -hmm. So if you had a successful business, let's say it's six figures, let's say it's five figures, who gives a crap? You, you create a business. You made $100,000 in 2019. Your business plummeted in 2020 because of pandemic and everything else. It plummeted. You closed the business. You lost everything. Your house, everything's gone. You then in 2021 create another business and you then make another 100,000, 200, 500,000, a million dollars. You've essentially cycled. So there's people that have cycled. There are people that have created these things and have launched tremendous and sold it. And they're simply like, there's so much stuff that happens. The mess that got you to, through that cycling, the mess that got you through life, right? That, that pushed you all like, oh my God, this, I, like this again, right? Like this crap again, I got into another car accident. Like, man, like, are you kidding me? And, and it's just that mess is just like tumbling down a hill, right? That proverbial hill. And it's just a snowball and you're just in the snowball, just going down the hill, right? How do you get out of the snowball? How do you get out of that mess? How do you get out of the wheel? That's what people want to know. Mm. They can hear it 10 times from 10 different people. They still want to hear what you got because you know what they're looking for? That one thing that they haven't thought of. Yes, I've heard I've got to be happy. Yes, I've heard that I've got to be you know, strategic. Yes, I've heard that I got to launch a business. I've got to launch a podcast. I've got to, I've heard this. Like, then what the hell are you searching for? What, mm. like, what do you think you're going to hear from the 11th person that you haven't heard the other 10 people say? That's why people listen. So solve a problem. Once you have that mess and the message and that test is your testimony, you've got to solve a problem. What is everything that you've gone through created for you? So my podcast, my radio show, Life Transformation Radio, talks about the transformational moments that people go through that take them to the next level. And I reference my 2008 to 2020 all the time. Cause that's the theme. The theme is I was this way. I sucked at life. I was ready to kill myself, but I didn't. And this is where my life has taken me. It's incredible. We wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if I said, yeah, I didn't kill myself, you know, because people stopped me, but you know, I'm, I'm a raging alcoholic now and I live on the street. Hmm. We wouldn't even be having this conversation because it wasn't a transformation. It was a downward spiral that, that escalated into a deeper hole and a deeper spiral. So the number one way that you build a podcast and you build a brand and you build a speaking business and you build anything is letting that mess be your message. But that testimony is what you say. The testimony is that podcast is that speaking engagement. It's, hey, I sucked it, I made it. It's like every terrible webinar out there. Hi, this is how I was born. I sucked at life. I found the key to success and I wanna sell it to you. That's every shitty webinar on the planet, on the internet that you can go to for free. Or you can listen to Alex and his podcast and listen to the guests that he brings on the show and then you can learn from them in a much better environment and we won't actually sell you anything. <laughs> So, so, so there's that. So, but yeah, man, solving a problem, what problem can you solve by the mess that you have gone through? Number one way. I love it. Guys, please, please, please go listen to Life's Transformation Radio. Go check out Sean and all of his content. I promise you it'll shape your life. 
even if he's that one extra person like he was talking about that's just going to give you that slight one or two percent perspective or maybe even that last minute kick in the ass to actually go out and do something please go give him a listen sean thank you so much for being here today i really appreciate your time i know the audience got a lot of value where can people find you one last time yeah man so go to the success core c-o-r-p-s it's right uh, right there above uh, the for those it's right up above my head over here there you go the success core uh life transformation radio is right there right live your brand is right there so yeah man check me out i'd love to have a conversation with you uh i'm all over facebook instagram TikTok. i'm on linkedin you know just look up the success core look up myself and uh, go to LYB Clothing Inc. Check out my clothing line. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. We'll catch you later. Guys, my call for you today is to go make somebody smile. Go leave that last minute impact on their life. It's amazing what can happen. Go make somebody smile today.